Hello, welcome to this week's podcast uh, episode where we will be talking about the ever so controversial Phantom sequel, Love Never Dies, and just sharing my thoughts on it, what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, and why I think it did go onto Broadway, and yeah, just my thoughts on it. Now, um, for those who maybe aren't unaware of the sequel, um, it's... Of course, it works as a sequel, um, but then it was also, Andrew said, it can be taken as its standalone musical. But it was based on the book, well, it was inspired loosely on the book of Phantom in Manhattan. And it takes place ten years after the first after after the Phantom of the Opera, and where that leaves off with Christine picking about well, choosing Rao and and how never never dies kind of how it ties in with that. A lot has a lot has happened since then, and um, yeah, no, there will be there will be spoilers. So if you do want to watch it. Um, you can get a, a DVD of it, which um, from the Australian production, and I will be talking about the London and the Australian production and comparing the two. Um, what I, how they improved it in, in in ways how it how it lacked. But yeah, it takes place ten years afterwards, where and. You, you get a, you get some backstory where you know Phantom and the Christine Christine are. He's in New York. She goes to New York after Raoul has squandered their money and they're no longer in marital bliss. I, and I guess this is where a lot of the a lot of criticism comes in as well for it. It's it's how it's how the characters so much are. And you know the, the Phantom uh, at the end of, of of the original, he I don't think he could ever stop being manipulative or anything like that, but he seemed to you know let Christine go at that point. But then in in Love Never Dies, he's he still has that possessiveness over her, like you know he owns her still. So it does take from that development and from how how the phantom how we ended it the first time with them and Rao being a sweetheart in the first in phantom of the opera you know i i love Rao. he gets a bad he gets a bad um he don't get enough love basically he needs more love but then when you watch this you don't well you don't like Rao. you know he, he's a drunk and yeah, spent all Christine's money. So yeah, so in those ten years, and obviously they have a son called Gustav now. Which, you know, who's who's the baby daddy? Well, all will be revealed in the soundtrack. And the soundtrack is actually really, really good. I love so many of the songs in there. They're so beautiful. And it is a quite a, a beautiful production. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it, not at all. 
I can enjoy it, I can watch it separately. And, and, and to listen to it, like, you know, till I hear you sing is gorgeous. The title song, Love Never Dies, is beautiful. You know, then Beneath a Moon of Sky, I'm just going to name all the songs so I love them. Other than Beauty Underneath, no, not that one. Other than Bathing Beauty, I didn't get that song. I, I, I really didn't. Like, oh gosh, Phantom, what have you come to? You know, composing all these masterpieces. And I just imagine him in his like little um, office or whatever, wherever he's working now. Trying composing that song, being like, what has become of my life? Having to compose that. So I do find it amusing because I do just imagine him, like what was going through his head? <laughs> How much did he hate himself after writing that? Because, you know, we hated ourselves after listening to it. So yeah, not not the best song in the soundtrack, but I, I don't know whether it's meant to be. But yeah, the characters, they go through so... Go through a lot. Go through a lot in this one. A lot of changes. And you just got to think, Christine deserves so much better than both of these. She needs better friends. She needs better lovers. Even if she doesn't need any lovers anymore. I think just, you know what? No, no. Be, be a superstar, you know. Just take to the stage. Live your life, you know. Phantom and Raoul, who you know, let them let them argue amongst each other. They don't own you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, I suppose it. The first production in London opened in two thousand and and ten. Um, with Ramin and Sierra, who were um chosen specifically to to do it, and. Remember, Ramin was saying how, you know, he was able to, he knew the music a bit beforehand and he was working with it. Then Sierra had to fly in from New York to f and she never heard or anything of the music before. She had no time to practice it. She came just straight from Little Mermaid and he was like, oh gosh, he feels bad, <laughs> you know. Um, but then she came in and she, she nailed it. And that's where Ramin and Sierra's awesome awesome friendship and stage chemistry begun it began with love never dies and it's you know and it is sad it didn't go to broadway because it, it did fall through after that it was meant to go to broadway with both ramin and sierra but it, it didn't um I had a lot of mixed reviews at the time and i think even now it's it's still very mixed the major problems with it i'm not gonna the plot one thing um it doesn't fit with the original only because of how the the dates were i think um the phantom in the beginning of the phantom it's there in 19 1910 something like that um and this is where raul is you know he's old and he's buying he's auctioning well he's buying things from the auction of the thing and christine at that point and probably even both the the phantom it, it seems like a lot of time has passed they're old now and probably not even here it's probably just raul left now whereas love never dies takes place at this time 
after in that way or I think either at the same year or just a couple years before or even even a couple of years afterwards I can't quite remember but yeah because of that it's not quite consistent with it and it doesn't have the same of course doesn't have the same feeling as as the phantom does the original show which had it was very grand it was very in a way old not old-fashioned but it had that had that really classical feel to it and then you, you jump to live and never dies which is more gothic and more um right <laughs> i one one of these days i will have an episode that has no sound issues no nothing like that anyway so yeah it's more gothic it's more modern and it definitely has that um rock vibes to it which andrew loves and what he wanted to do with the original phantom but then you do lose that classicalness and with the sets which was one of the main criticisms again wasn't as grand you didn't have that beautiful um phantom lair like you did or you didn't have the the chandeliers or the the opera house um instead they're pretty and I think that's where the Australian version, it, they do, because it was revamped about a couple of years later and they fit, recorded a version of Australia. And I think they, they go to town with the sets, you know, the, the maze of mirrors was really visually beautiful. Um, and I think for, you know, an Andrew Lloyd Webber show, I, it, they can't really use the excuse for the London version that it was, oh, it's a new show, not a lot of budget, not a lot of things for the things. Like, no, no, Andrew, you know, you have the budget. But I don't think they're doing it cheaply or anything like that. I, I just think they don't really think so much about the set. You know, they're trying, I guess, letting the music speak for itself. But even the costumes were a little lackluster. Again, I think the Australian version did that a lot better. However, I prefer, and maybe this is my bias, I do prefer the, the songs from the London, London production. I, I, because I, I love Ramin and Sierra and how they sing everything. Um, yeah, <laughs> but maybe that's my bias, but I, I, yeah, I, don't, I definitely think that the Australian production did a, a much better job visually and they did take out the um robot christine yeah yeah you heard right there was a robot christine that the phantom made because he's not obsessed with her anymore or anything i can't i mean i can't judge the phantom of being obsessed over anything but you know that that's i haven't done that yet so it's so yeah the australia they changed it to a painting which i think thank you <laughs> Thank you, because I I just didn't I you know they kind of lost me with that bit. But yeah, still, but then there's still so much that is gorgeous about it. I think it does definitely deserve to be on Broadway. Um, especially you know it was minor things that they needed to fix. You know, just change the date a little bit. You know, just make it a bit before better costumes. Like they, I guess, like they did with the Australian production. Um. Yeah, obviously the ending of it was, it was a really emotional ending. I'm not going to, I don't know if I, I know I did say spoilers, but in case you're still here, I don't know if I want to tell you the ending, but it, it was sad, a lot of feels, and again, you know, very tragic, which 
yeah, in a way, I like that. I'm sorry, I like a tragic ending, what can I say? And with, you know, the Phantom and Christine, you didn't expect them to ever get a, a happy ending. Especially as it's it's foreshadowed so much that it was it was never that it was never meant for them. But if you are a a Christine and Phantom shipper, you'll love it. As it's this point that she finally um, chooses Phantom over over Rao, which in this one it's a better choice, and maybe in the original it's a better choice. I don't know. I, I get confused. Usually I'm Team Phantom when the Phantom's singing, then when Rao sings, I'm like, okay, fine, Rao, you know, he, he's cute. This one, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm Team Phantom all the way. Rao can do one. So I just had some tea. Um, yeah, a lot of secrets, a lot of twists. It's very scandalous, this one. Absolutely. Um... As you have the the phantom confession, or no, no wait, um, then you know beauty underneath and all that. Where and phantom, you know, discovers that um, Gustav was his son. Yeah, phantom's the baby daddy, which is I think was really beautiful. I think there's so many beautiful moments in the show. Um, Beneath Moon of Sky, especially, I just, I love, love the sound of that one. I mean, if anything can be compared to, I know, um, Till I Hear You Sing, I suppose is meant to be the music of the night of this one. And yeah, I can, I, I can get that. Um, but then I think if that's the case, then Beneath Moon of Sky is the Phantom of the Opera song to this one. Especially with the overture of it, and when you, you hear that again, and I think that's... Sorry, Babe and Beauty came on, I had to switch that off. But, yes, the overture, when you hear that instrumental music and their vocals together, especially, you know, Ramin and Sierra, how they sing together. Then you have Once Upon Another Time, and I think that does foreshadow that there is not going to be a happy ending for Christine or phantom you know in maybe in another time in, a, in another way as you know as beneath me in the sky they're recalling that um night that they spent together like um, again going back to phantom phantom of the opera of the ending she goes and chooses Rao, but then you know she came before she married Rao. The night before, she went and she chose Phantom, and they spent this lovely, lovely evening, you know, together beneath a moonless sky. It was all dark, and you know, Gustav was conceived. Um, then you know, then he he upped and left. Okay, Phantom, but it's like would I don't know whether would the Phantom have done that though when he. She finally chose him. He finally had her. With how possessive he is over her. Would he let her go? At that point? Even though he let her go about, you know, a couple few days before. Or however long before it was till she saw him again. He did let her go. But as she... Now it was her choice. I don't know if he would reject her. But 
anyway, still, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have had this beautiful show. And yes, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous, and it, it's how the their story is, I suppose, meant to end. I guess you, you are curious after the first one how it all goes, especially when you do watch. I mean, this is how I watched it. I watched um, the twenty fifth anniversary of the Phantom. This was actually the first time me actually watching the Phantom and, and getting into it. I didn't really. Uh, in any way, I didn't really care for musicals until I watched that one. And then I watched it and I was like, okay, I'm obsessed because I got into um, Phantom of the Opera because I love classical music. And heard Think of Me on a, on a YouTube clip and I was like, okay, I need this whole musical now. It sounds amazing. So yeah, so when I watched that, that's when I thought, oh, okay, I'll give Love and Never Dies a try. You know, I did not watch a bootleg. What are you talking about? But yeah, okay, so I watched a bootleg then watched and then i did get the dvd so it cancels it out you know it, it does i know bootlegs are bad i know yes yeah, so and then i watched the australian production on the dvd and because of you know watching the phantom 25th ending and having sierra's christine undecided it does leave it open and they both did this after they didn't love never dies together so maybe i guess so they had that so i think sierra how she played her christine is obviously knowing that christine goes and goes back and changes her mind again played her more indecisive she didn't outright choose Rao like she does in every other production she's still undecided so at, at that point, like okay, it's, it, it it leaves it, it leaves it more open. It leaves you more curious to think. Okay, so what what happens to these? And most you can kind of le take that ending and you can leave it, especially with the book, um, which they didn't really they're not really overly faithful to the book, which is which is absolutely fine. Um, in the book you know christine she doesn't see phantom again or anything like that once she leaves um but she does stay true to her promise and um place a a rose on his grave as you know in the book the phantom does before christine does um and spoiler love never dies it, it doesn't quite work like that thanks meg oh. again meg meg you know, Christine's best friend. Yeah. Betrayed by her. It's Yeah, no, a lot lot of lot of feelings about that. But then Meg, you know, she also has something. You learn more about her. Um, and it took me so long to realise that she was Madame Jury's daughter. I don't know why them both being called Jiri didn't help me out with the fandom. It was only until watching Love Never Dies. I was like, oh my, they're related. So yeah, if you didn't realise that, they're related. Um, and Madame Jiri is the only one with a French accent in this production. Which, again, I'm fine with, you know, it, it's, it's fine. I'm fine with so much because the music's so good. So all the little flaws about it. I can, I can accept... And 
because oh, the music's beautiful. And it, even the story is, it's not perfect, it does need tweaking, so it does um, fit with the original better. And I think once they do that, even though they have, um, it has gone back onto the West End, it went back onto there in 2018. But, um, if they were ever to put it on Broadway or anything like that, I think they would need to do a little bit, a little bit of tweaks. So it can actually work as a sequel rather than as, um, a what if or a fan fiction. Which, you know, I've, I've read some fan fictions and you know, some of them are pretty good. I'm like, okay, that would have worked as a better story. Put this music with, you know, those fanfics and you would have yourself a Broadway selling musical. Um, it is not necessarily that, you know, it needs, to, a musical needs to go onto Broadway in order to be successful. But it, it does help for that. And it's definitely considered once it gets onto Broadway, it almost it makes it. And some shows, they never make it onto Broadway. And it's not overly surprising. Um, but when it's... I think because this is, you know, Phantom sequel, Angela Weber, it was more kind of shocking that it didn't go onto Broadway. You thought, oh yeah, this is automatically going to go on. Like, um, I'm not even sure if School of Rock even... I think that went straight on to, straight on to Broadway. Um, again, with Sierra in it, um, I think both me and Andrew are obsessed with it, which is, which is fine. She's amazing. She's a goddess. And I, I might just have to do an, an episode on Sierra just to, you know, fangirl. But yeah, I forgot, where was I? Oh yeah, Meg Jiri. <laughs> she goes through. She goes through a lot. She does, um, especially what's you know what's hinted as during those ten years when Christine's been away. Um, Meg and Madame Jiri have been, I guess, helping the Phantom with his scheme of not taking over New York, but like you know becoming a big composer there or, or doing doing what he's doing, and. And then Christine comes along after, you know, being invited by a mysterious stranger to sing. Because, obviously, you have Phantom saying, Until I hear you sing, I, I won't be alive and whole, which is gorgeous. So he invites her, and she doesn't suspect a thing, Christine doesn't. Yeah, and then when Christine comes, and, you know, with her son, and as soon as, you know, Phantom kind of realises you know, beneath the moonless sky was, um, was that story as well. They are, I guess, they, in their opinion, they're pushed aside by the Phantom, but it's like, what can you expect? This is Christine. Phantom has been obsessed with Christine for forever, you know, and he did, didn't he just sing about, you know... how, you know, he wanted her to sing and he was still obsessed with her. So, no, you know, you come... He, you know, he used you guys. But you got to expect that. You know what he's about... Sorry, I'm not... 
I'm sure, I'm sure they have some redeeming quality, but I can't forgive her. Can't forgive her. She's your best friend, Meg. You don't. You don't do that to your best friends. Not just so you can... And we've heard your song, Meg. You know, Bathing Beauty, that's, that's your fault. And does she think that that, you know, she was going to be the star of that show? No. Not when you have the goddess Christine. No. But... But then you obviously you get some feels. You get some feels. As it, she, it is implied that in order to pay for whatever lesson she had to do or to pay to get to where she was, um, she had to go to prostitution and all that. So it's like, okay, it gets it gets a bit real. And they're talking about um, Suicide Lake or something like that with Raoul. Um, and she says that she goes there to swim. Because she's a psychopath. That's what, I would feel bad for her, but I don't, because I love Christine so much. Gosh, utter psycho. Psycho, you can't feel bad for someone like that. You really can't, and no matter how much you want your job, you don't shoot your friend. Yeah, I a lot of, a lot of feelings. (laughs) So yeah, these are my thoughts on love never dies you know it's it's crazy it's a mental stroke you go through so much so much happens and yeah but it's awesome it's so it's so good in a lot of ways is it do i put it on par with phantom of the opera absolutely not there is something unique about the phantom of the opera that you can't get again the sequel is always no matter how amazing it was was never gonna live up to the standard of the phantom of the opera because to me nothing really no other musical really does live up to phantom of the opera but mainly because it has all of my loves in it and yeah in fact it was the first thing that really properly made me obsessed with musicals not obsessed, I use that word too much, but I mean, it's the only way to describe my feelings towards all these things. Um, so yeah, obsessed, what can I do? That's, that's who I am, I'm that kind of person. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure how, how to feel about this show sometimes, is it's, but yeah, just because it didn't end the way and it wasn't like, okay, no, I want it to all be like, all happy and, you know, I want my ship to sail. Um, as From this, you, you the, the only person you do ship Christine with is the Phantom. Even though he's back to his manipulative scheming ways and even strangles her again. Um, which, that's not good, sort that out. I don't think he does in the Australian production though. Not that I can remember. But, I don't know, but for some reason, Rao being depressed is apparently worse than that. I don't know. He just didn't get... He got... He didn't really get a big... Although his song, he had as small as it was, was... It, it was a tiny little part of, of a song, but it was really nice. It was really nice. 
And you do feel bad for him because he knows that he's no longer good enough for Christine and that she does deserve better. <laughs> I agree, Rao. We can all agree that Christine deserves the world. Does she get it? No. Is she a victim in this story again? Yeah. And that, you know, that depresses me sometimes, you know. But even from the first, you do assume that she does have some kind of untimely death or she is, you know, and that the Phantom is, I guess, on her mind. Um, but again, we, we have the Phantom, I guess, coming to a realisation. He still, even though after the first one, he did come to some realisation with himself, it wasn't enough to completely change him, that experience. This one was him losing Christine and him realising he has a son. Is the change that he... To, to accept himself. And to see the beauty underneath. Yeah. Um, and I guess he, he finally does that. And, um, again, a, a massive difference between the London production and the um australian production is is the phantom's reaction to christine's death after meg being a oh after meg happens after she was birthed damn it meg so yeah so the london he was much more calm they had a they had a song and you know she says um and she speaks to them both and, she, and then she reprises a bit of love never dies as well as um look with your heart which is really beautiful and yeah and the phantom you know then Raoul holds phantom and um christine <laughs> and and Gustav removes the Phantom's mask and they embrace. And it's very, very peaceful. It was very kind of like, it was sad, it was moving, it was touching. And it's gorgeous because, you know, I love them. But with the um, Australian production, the Phantom loses his shit. And that's what I'd expect. That's what I want from the Phantom. That's what I want from death. That's how I was. When watching it, I, you know, scream, bring down a chandelier, do what you do. You know, have dramatic. You know, the love of your life has just died. I don't want somber tears. I don't want, like, trickles. I want... I want your dramatic flair, Phantom, you know, I do. So for that, I prefer to, I prefer, you know, if Ramin's emotion with Ben's anger that would have been perfect you need a little bit of that and considering it is it was kind of the phantom's fault you know it, it was he you know he needs to know like okay don't don't say anything don't speak you know this was you didn't need to <laughs> but even then it, it's really meg's fault she didn't have to no matter how much someone says you're nothing about a christine i would accept that i wouldn't shoot her Oh, gosh, hate her. Hate her, hate her. 
I, hopefully one day I will be able to forgive her, but even when I watch Phantom, it is a very different Meg, and I, I, I she annoys me a little bit, but <laughs> what doesn't annoy me? There's always got to be something that annoys me, I swear, I'm, I'm, I'm not as easily annoyed as what um, I might seem. But it's, it's very much a different Meg, and the Rowl is a, is a different Rowl. They're, they're all so different, apart from Christine, who is always, always an absolute goddess. Yeah. And I don't know if I've said this yet, but she deserves better. <laughs> she does, she does. So yeah, I, I understand the controversial points, and I agree with them. I do agree that there is there's definitely ways that the show can improve if they do want to um amp up and it be um considered as well it should i mean, appreciated as it should be i think it's underappreciated for sure um because there's so much good in it and i think you can't when it's a musical you can't be too too picky over certain things like you know historical accuracy and stuff like that but you, if it's a sequel, it does need to be consistent with its previous thing. But even Andrew said it was a, it's a, you can take it as a standalone. But can you, can you really, as you do need the other, you do need the other one. So I think you can, you know, t take what you will from it. If you see it as fan fiction and badly written fan fiction, I get that. Although I think there's so much beautiful stuff in the show that you can still enjoy. Is it perfect? No. Is any musical apart from Phantom perfect? No, absolutely not. But it's certainly... I, I do like the more... It's more dramatic. It's less classical in a way. And, and as the Phantom was, it was very um, operatic, the Phantom. Whereas, you know, Love Never Dies, yeah, it does have that more gothic rock feel. And I I really, I enjoy both for what they are. I think you couldn't make Love Never Dies more classical, considering it's a way, a darker story. And... Yeah, and it's, it, they're in different stages as well in their lives, and it's a different setting, different time. And it, even the, you know, the Phantom is considered quite, uh, quite a gothic kind of novel or, you know, mu musical. So it made sense. So yeah, I, I have a love-hate relationship with... Um, Love never dies, and I don't. Not one overall feeling. I have a lot of feelings about it. I definitely do not consider it as good as the Phantom at all. But I can't. I can't throw it away because there's so much good in it that I I do enjoy. And it doesn't ruin the Phantom or anything like that. Even if you don't like it, and if you don't consider it, it's fine. You are pretty much free to you can choose to even accept it as canon or not um you can consider them separate things like i do i do consider them separate musicals just uh, to, you know to a certain degree 
I just focus on the, you know, these same characters. And, you know, if you're a Rowl and Phantom Shipper, like I occasionally can be, depending on my mood and depending on what's playing, and whether Ramin is reprising anything or just singing in general, or the Phantom, should I say, sorry, then you you won't like it. <laughs> um, or most likely you've already watched it and you're like, absolutely not. No, you don't do that to Rao, but... Which, yeah, again, Rao was very out of character in a way. I say in a way, he was very out of character, but... And then I listen to the music, and I'm like, I can I can forgive that. It, again, take it as a standalone. And, um... Rao is different in each portrayal. Uh, same with all of the characters. It depends on the portrayal. It's sometimes... Okay, this would fit... If this person... When this person played Rao, but it didn't fit when this person played Rao. Or Phantom, or, you know, even Christine. But yeah, overall, you know, what... Yeah, overall, it's a, it's a love-hate. I love a lot of things about it, but then I also hate a lot of things about it. Um, the plot, mainly. And, I, in a way, there's, the stage design could be so much better. Um, Bathing Beauty can just go. Meg can go. But then keep some of the really good songs. <laughs> Which is most of them. Most of them, I would say, a good 80% of the songs, maybe 70, um, are gorgeous they're really gorgeous the other 30 percent they're not as memorable as the songs from the phantoms they didn't get stuck in my head um like so yeah there's some of my thoughts let me know yours um follow me on opera pharaoh yeah yeah t let me know what you think of love it never dies do you love it do you not like it um yeah and what are your thoughts about it um, yeah, I'm glad to be doing some more musical ones. I have been uh, Attack on Titan has been on my on my mind for for a bit, but I'm, you know I'm glad you you know those episodes seem to be really well enjoyed. And if you do like um, Attack on, yeah, so yeah, if you're into Attack on Titan, and you want to hear more of those episodes. Um, follow. Um, I'll check out. Um, say Invaders, You Have Failed podcast. I mean, it's great anyway, if you're into... Uh, he also does an episode on Six the Musical, so if you like that, if you're into more modern musicals. And yeah, does it does a load of amazing ones on Attack on Titan. It has a playlist on Spotify. If you want to check that out and follow him on Twitter at... Um, you Have Failed, yeah, just follow that one and you'll, you'll be linked to all the other ones. I can't remember what the other one's called. Um... So yeah, definitely check those out, as they're really, really interesting, and he is the one who got me into it, so has a lot more um, insights about it. Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this one and my little rant, and it wasn't meant to be a Meg hate episode, but it, I can't help it, I can't help it. It's what it turned out to be, and yeah, hope you enjoy them, hope to see you next time. Pharaoh out.